Hi everyone, friends, and anyone finding this randomly. We're really thankful that you're uh, giving us some time and attention <laughs> because hopefully this isn't really about us, but it's about Jesus and um, our love for him. <laughs> this is Coloring Company. We're Paige and Christine. We're here to talk about the Bible. <laughs> we do hope that you're here to explore more about God's word with us. Yeah. Not necessarily to catch up on if Christine and Paige are actually reading the Bible or not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Just put that out there. <laughs> we have a few things that we wanted to talk about today that are semi-unrelated. Um, mm-hmm. This week was really hard um, for me. I struggled a lot. And my meditation on the word was um, really intense, but not in an advancing in knowledge kind of way. (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense. In a remembering kind of way. Um, Mm. Like I really needed to remember a lot this week about God's goodness and his sovereignty and um, just things that we've been seeing repeating over and over again. Like one of the verses that comes to mind is the when the prophets, both um, Moses in Numbers, I believe it was Moses, and uh, Samuel in First Samuel talk about how God is not a man who changes his mind. That comes to mind a lot. I think that's what, like what his word is, what he has said is constant, and that helped me a lot. Because he says good things. He says really good things. He says good things about his love for us, his mercy toward us, his forgiveness, that it's freely given to us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And he removed our sin from us as far as the east is from the west. Those things, these are, these are constant. And I think that's something that the that scriptures echo in the, like, um, in verses like, um, we've been given the imperishable seed which is the word of god like those kinds of things just kind of echo this idea that like we like flowers will fade but his word remains his word remains where is that from isaiah maybe i'll list a few verses in the show notes that have been popping into my head as i've had a really hard week i think there's a lot of uh you know there's just a lot of grief in this in this time in life I think with COVID still having repercussions and um, just a lot of political and economic turmoil everywhere. (laughs) It's just a hard time for a lot of people and government mandates and what people like suddenly crises, crises of conscience flowing in and out of families and whatever and individuals. So like nothing is, Nothing is permanent except the what it what is eternal matters yeah, is really right. what I've been reminded of this. Even my husband said it to me, like what we should be focused more on eternal things and not um, our difficulties. Hard to maintain an eternal or, perspective. It's really hard. We have to be intentional about including eternal mm-hmm. 
especially because there's that tension of how how like what we do in this life does matter like even the things that we the things that aren't eternal are still I'm thinking about if you have a garden and you tend a garden how good that work still is even though those flowers and or fruits or whatever all perish like that's yes it's yes good. there's a, a there's a spiritual level to our physical world and so when we yes. do things that are just physical like the water to us um, mm. that's eternal work because we're serving someone else by honoring them as an image bearer of god and even though they'll be thirsty again you know, and it's and right. having that drink of water is only temporary. Does that lead us into one of the things we were going to talk about at all? Yeah. One being Ruth, one or not just Ruth, but the who do you belong to? Yeah. So, no, it doesn't lead us into anything. It doesn't really lead us into anything. <laughs> but we can start off wherever we want. So let's talk about that chart, Christine. Yes. Because we love charts. We love, and we did charts. not make one. <laughs> We didn't make it, but we found one. After the judges, right? It starts with Saul, David, Solomon, and the United Kingdom. And then yes. it goes, the kingdoms divide into north and south, Judah and Israel. I believe Judah yes. is the southern kingdom. Okay. On the very right column, are they list where the scripture is. But in several columns, there's prophets. Um, so you see which prophet is serving at that time so the one thing i wanted in a chart i think i need a chart of chronicles itself i think that's what i was and so this does a good job it's all just in order this chart i can just chronicles switch the just columns in order if i put chronicles the scripture in... at the far right it would look but all the chapters is it yeah so chronicles oh, so just awesome goes page. in order here except there's only one chapter that's like it talks about there's only one chapter that talks about israel the kingdom but yeah it just of chronicles yeah that makes okay that makes it a lot easier because uh gosh it's super interesting except for one chapter that's interesting i'd like to see what that chapter says (laughs) it's about yeah wait have you read it yet i think yeah it's about elijah and or ahab the king so I will link that chart in the show notes. I will either, it'll either be something you can click on or something you can copy and paste. So I thought about, I came across a really interesting post from their Apta Sophia and they, it's practical wisdom uh, for biblical womanhood, basically. It's very good. It, they have a lot, they are very clear on what they believe right from the beginning of their podcast. And I really enjoyed um how they walked through that they posted um there's some tribal ritual in south africa where the community gathers around someone who's made a mistake or done wrong and they remind them of the good things they have done to try to align them with their true nature which they believe is good and um and so and my immediate thought was you know it probably would look like a Christian practice with a few tweaks. <laughs> Talking about um, what is your true nature, 
we'd have to really define that. And what Christians are called to do for each other is encourage, for sure, in perseverance um, amidst trials and encourage to repentance, which these, I mean, these ladies believe that for sure. Like that this is like, it's, they were there, I think the post, what they were cautioning people who were probably, uh, this um, picture was probably circulating a lot and promoted as like, this is what people should be doing. And this is self-love and this is community love or whatever. And trying to bring people back to denying their sinfulness, maybe. I think if we really believed that we're, ju- we're good, if we believed that, that we have good instincts, that's where the danger comes in. That's where you start thinking you can be your own authority because that's not a bad thing. There is no one good, not one. Only God is good. And that's why he is the only worthy authority over our lives. And submitting to that doesn't always mean perfection, but there again, we're called to live holy. So what does that look like? I'm not sure that I liked their rebuttal to this practice because it makes it sound like people are nothing but evil, which has been true in the past. Um, but that I'm inclined no to believe value that. Yeah. in calling out the good people have have done, and that that couldn't possibly be a way to lift people up. God first created man; he called, and I think that as image bearers of God, we all have that within us, and I think that specifically I is misinterpreted and miscommunicated in other religions like in Hinduism they see everybody as containing divinity and Mm -hmm. that can be twisted into each person like being a god or be having godlike powers or properties but at the same time it's a little bit true. God did create us to be powerful caretakers of his creation and rulers alongside him. We're supposed to be walking with him in the garden and at peace with God. And he wants us to rule. You know, he wants us to rule. If we're reminding people of that, the good works that they've been stirred up to do, the good works that God Mm -hmm. has had for us since the beginning of time, that's not unbiblical. That's, you know, I I mean, I think a lot of times when we're trying to combat this self-care, we get all caught up in the fact that we are sinners, but there's a balance. There's a delicate balance to remember because you know, I've suffered with depression and my sort of depression Mm. is the self-deprecating kind um, where I hate myself and nothing I do is worthwhile and that determines my value and uh, that's wrong. And if, and the whole culture of everybody's a sinner and you need Christ in that situation, it's like, yeah, the message from Christian culture, I guess, of 
all your good works are filthy rags. I know I need Jesus. Like, okay, great. I'm still worthless. That doesn't help my feeling of worthlessness. So what I needed to focus on was that I am worth love. I have value because I contain the image of Christ, the image of God. I am an image bearer and Mm -hmm. Christ values me so much. So there's like a, you know, kind of two sides to the coin here. It's like, yeah, I'm a filthy, terrible sinner with a heart that doesn't do anything good, you know, that always leads you down the evil path or whatever. But there is Mm -hmm. something in me that's worth saving (laughs) or else, you know, what else could there be? I am worthy of being saved and of the love of Christ. And, um, though that needs to be stirred up, there is a wonderful book that I want to mention, and I don't want to get the title wrong. Um, I'm going to quick point out Psalm 139 that is so popular um psalm 139 at the very end of the psalm um basically it's the search me and know me um psalm search me O god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts point out everything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life i feel like that echoes the idea that um I am offensive to you, God. I understand that. But you reveal it to me and change me. The only way I can be changed is if I know what needs to be changed. And that is good work. That is good work that's been laid out for me to do. So my striving is in vain if I'm striving to save myself, but my striving is not in vain if I am doing the good work you've called me to do, right? That's right. Yes. That. So yeah, no, that's just a great psalm. Anyway, I've been crying to a lot of psalms lately. <laughs> the name of the book is "Victory Over the Darkness," and the subtitle is "Realizing the Power of Your Identity in Christ." And I first discovered this book from my friend Julie, who was a member of my women's Bible study in Italy. And she ended it as our group study one semester. It's so powerful. It's one of those books that I highlighted and kept and like wrote notes out from. And it's really great. I think the most useful part of this book is just the list of scriptures where it emphasizes how loved we are. Um, and our identity, mm. you know, who the whole point is that we belong to Christ um, and our identity is in him. Our identity yeah. in Christ is so important. Yes. It's the, the verse in 2 Corinthians gets me. I'm not sure what to make of it. I think I need to do some sort of like study of it. Oh, <laughs> but it? it's the verse that's like 2 Corinthians... He became sin who knew no sin so that in him we could become the righteousness of God. And that's like such a, it's such a complicated five second Corinthians five twenty one. Yeah. This verse gets me because of the wording 
the wording is so weird to me mm. like how so becoming the righteousness of god we do become the righteousness of god in christ yeah and so becoming the righteousness of god i mean i don't know if you've ever went over that verse and give it gives me pause now because it's such a strange wording and maybe i need to just look at other versions um to help me understand or the original or so we become the righteousness of god in him because we're the body of Christ on earth. And so we become a picture of Christ and righteousness on earth to other people. That's kind of okay. how I how make sense of it. We end up in that conduit spot where we're a place that heaven hmm. comes down to earth. Uh -huh. um, and we are the part of the like first fruits and the forerunners before heaven comes down to earth. That's the end of the story. Right. Heaven comes right. to earth and they become one. So I think that separation is what happened at the fall and caused death. And that's why Adam and Eve, they're going to die. And so the only way to keep having people is to. So this is actually very interesting because this is a self-love um, hot spot. Adam and Eve, when they fell in the garden, they were, they had to bear children then. And I'm not sure if we're talking about, is it just the addition of pain or is it adding childbearing altogether? But I mean, I think for either way, whatever that truth is, that's a big thing um, in our society and culture, I guess, that we're struggling with. The hope there isn't that you can glean glory from childbirth and that now people can look at your stretch marks or your whatever the glory is really you're <laughs> you're still as valuable as before no matter how broken you get or how terrible things are you're still right you, your value and worth has not changed one bit it's still enormous and wonderful right. and yes glorious and that's, I feel like that's giving God yes. the glory <laughs> instead right. of, but okay. So Christians, I think are caught in this trap of like, these are real problems that I'm dealing with in real time. Even though I know I'm worthy of love because God made me, my husband rejects me or my friend rejects me or my boyfriend or rejects me or my children reject me. Right. So in that, that's still their standard doesn't matter at all and that's right. their problem that's right. not your problem you are right. still enormously valuable and worthy and the whole world can reject you and desert you just like the god knew the whole world could reject jesus um, i do want to read psalm 8 yeah though. we have we have a few minutes Ooh, okay left. yeah the lord's glory and man's dignity Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, you who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have established strength because of your enemies to do away with the enemy and the revengeful. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you think of him, and a son of man that you are concerned about him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God and you crown him with glory and majesty. 
You have him rule over the works of your hands. You have put everything under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the animals of the field, the birds of the sky, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. Lord, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for giving us time. Tell people how they can join the conversation, Christine. Uh, we're on um, Instagram and Facebook, and we have our email that you can send us to. It's color and company blog at gmail.com. Um, and we're excited to talk more about the Bible with you all. We're really thankful, and we love you. And I love you, Paige. <laughs> I love you too, Christine. Next time, we'll talk about uh, who's we are. Awesome.